0: Welcome to the Culture
1: Club podcast, where we discuss culturally relevant subjects as seen through the lens of art. I am your host, Jesús González, Senior Art Director at Integer. And today is a very special Culture Club. You will listen to a conversation between two friends, Ellen Cook, CEO of Integer, and James Sasso, contemporary artist, disruptor, and Burning Man legend. But first, a very special announcement. We have social media. You can find us at integer underscore culture underscore club on Instagram. So you now can see what we're talking about. So if you want to see Sasso's art, go to at integer underscore culture
0: underscore club on Instagram. And with that out of the way, please listen to our very entertaining, very insightful and somewhat eclectic conversation with the artist James Sasso and Ellen Cook.
2: This is my first uh, group uh, call thing, video call, except for with with those two.
1: Yes. Very excited. Yeah, this is his second one. And uh, he was great yesterday. Uh, We were supposed to talk for half an hour and we talked for for almost an hour. So it will be a great, great, great chat today. I hope so. Yeah, no, it really will. Uh, so I really, I, let go ahead sorry uh, yeah I'll start really quick so you uh, two can get right it, on it. Uh, first thing first can y'all please turn off your cameras so we only have Ellen and Jimmy on screen and uh, this will be All a little bit different we'll go back to the people we'll go back to the people uh, okay. uh, this will be a little bit of a different culture club. As many, many of you know, uh, Culture Club is where we discuss culturally relevant subjects through the lens of art and usually is very, very participatory. It will be, but we will uh, be participatory at like the last 10 or 15 minutes of the uh, hour long conversation because this is a very special culture club. We will listen to an extremely awesome entertaining conversation between ellen and uh james sasso so first things first let me introduce james sasso and i have his little bio here so james sasso is does uh, he have, have graffiti one
2: graffiti no. one? don't say okay okay okay. Joanne, I'm sorry sorry
1: let me introduce you real Go quick i promise you'll get to the conversation i'll do this real quick uh he okay. is uh ellen's childhood friend He's an American contemporary artist who grew up in Dallas and moved to LA in 2003. And his artwork has been featured in many exhibitions over the years. In 1996, he was commissioned by BMW to paint an art car for them as part of a large Texas promotion. He has a passion for art cars and has painted several more over the years. And we will get into the art car. He has really amazing uh, images to show and examples to show. Uh, he has also participated as an artist in the Yearly Burning Man. We will also see pictures of that in Nevada several years. And definitely without further ado, uh, here is Ellen Cook, our CEO, conversation with uh, Jimmy Sasso. And we will have a and a at the end, but please, guys, take it away.
3: Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. And so- um, first thing I want to say is Jimmy. Thank you. So it's Jimmy. Um, it's Jim. Jim, It's Jimmy it's Sasso, whatever you guys want to call him, but I call him Jimmy because he's one of my very, very favorite, best high school, <laughs> grade school childhood friends.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> and so we're going to start Jimmy. We're going to start way back then. And oh.
1: okay.
3: I, I want you to talk. I want you to share just a little bit about when you were in grade school. And we would be in class together, and you would. Make <laughs> it personal. And he was one of the one of the smartest guys in the class. Okay, always one of the smartest guys in the class. But what did you do all day long with your papers and your pencils and your pens, nonstop?
2: But you know? Uh, you call it doodling. Is it doodling? Doodling. Doodling. Doodle, doodle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just like you, on the books and stuff, and we'd make little flip animations with the uh, with books. I wasn't the only one, you know. There were
4: other people doing it. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. You, but but you did it on all the pages, all over the place. And what <gasps> what did you mainly doodle?
4: When?
3: No. What? Just you know, little I don't know, lines and cartoony
2: stuff, and I don't I don't remember. You know, I don't have a lot of it. I didn't none of it. <laughs>
3: But remember, you started with cats, too, way back.
2: Yeah, probably.
3: Way back. So
2: talk about about sixth grade, seventh grade. I mean, people are just, you know, I mean, that's a long time ago. Fifth
3: grade, that's a long time ago. So so fifth grade, move forward. When did you decide that becoming an artist was going to be your full-time dedication of your life?
2: well there's you know there's always a voice in you know telling me that I'm an artist uh, so that's one thing but then i think when you know when you start in my 20s i guess when you start uh, people appreciate what you're doing and you kind of get a rush out of it and then you're you know growing up in dallas we have all worked you know we were always working kids you know right we all had jobs at least i did and then it became the best job
3: you know i could have you know, and early so yeah and so talk about talk about how you got started I mean talk about how you really got started seriously painting and seriously creating art for people
2: Well, that was probably like around like 86 87 so and I was hand painting uh, sweatshirts and t-shirts and doing paintings and I had a studio on Lemon Avenue. I don't know if you ever remember that. I paid $100 a month for it. It was across from Love Field. It's not there anymore. It was just a little building that I, I saw at least from Western Union. And they, it was, it was just a odd thing. It was this real secure little building. It was real cool. But that was like my first studio, studio.
3: And then, okay. And so then, then ultimately you moved into that church.
2: Then after the, yeah, after the Lemon Avenue, uh, that was like three years. I moved into that old church. Yeah, that was like a great studio. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. The old church. That and, was very. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, that was super cool. So, um, I forgot to say when I started. The painting behind me is Jimmy's painting, and <laughs> I I bought it from him a, a long time ago, and it's my very very favorite piece of art because it reminds me honestly of my childhood. Because this <laughs> this reminds me of stuff you used to doodle um oh, no. but yeah and yeah uh so t- talk about talk about your favorite like talk about how you get inspiration and what's your favorite thing to what's your favorite thing to paint and is painting your favorite thing today or other forms of art of art well well hello hello now now now, now.
0: echo echo my
2: favorite, my favorite.
3: Do me, now do me, do me do you do me a favor clap your hands like that okay now see that
2: one Hello? okay yeah. because it's hard to talk when you're hearing yourself uh, uh echo um when did I oh would I like I like would, would you just would I like drawing or what do I like yeah.
3: painting Does or your favorite thing today or other forms of art you no know,
2: drawing is so important and I I just but just I mean painting and I like doing stuff on the computer I have a Wacom those big wacom monitors you can draw on and so that's really helped my computer art you know because you got draw draw your drawing on the on the uh it's right here well you can't really see it but it's right can you see it
3: oh yeah
2: yeah so it's a big monitor so that's really helped me kind of stay in the game you know keep up you know with technology and stuff
3: yeah talk to me we're gonna get we're gonna get to your art cars, but before we get to your art cars, I want um, talk about your the yoga pants and
2: the yoga. Well, the yoga you know is interesting for me because I like yoga a lot and I, it, I don't do it as much as I should, but I just think it's a great practice and it's a good to stay in shape that way. And I I've taken I started it in Dallas actually doing classes a long time ago, but then when I moved out here, this is kind of like the yoga la la land. And so I got into it more and stuff, and physically and yoga. Know, and so, as an yeah. offshoot of that, when I was <clears throat> working with some third-party sites like 10 years ago, like Society6 or these uh, drop shipping sites where you just upload the artwork and then they put it on anything, you know, and, you know, like uh, purses and uh, bedcloths and shower curtains and all this stuff, you know. But you never see it, and it's just yeah. sort of a weird model. But so I kind of got into doing them them then but I never really sold any at all so maybe a couple three or four people I know knew bought them. you might have bought them back then I don't remember you bought but you know so anyway then when I moved on to a different platform uh, my uh, my website art 2 gocom when I moved on to the Weebly or the uh, the, the manufacturer that you that syncs up with my with the point of purchase uh you know, the tre- credit card capture, you know, then it just goes through. And so I got real excited about that because then I there's nothing between me and, uh, you know, I get paid right away, things like that. And there's not a third party. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But anyway, so the yoga leggings, I sat here and I, I just would draw them and do them and then you upload them and then they're made and I've got samples behind me. But um, I just like the technology and I, and I think it's a step up above T-shirts because when I started out doing T-shirts in the – Early 80s, you know, as a medium, you know, it had only been around since maybe the 60s, you know. T-shirts, printed T-shirts or hand-painted T-shirts. And so now as we're 20, 30 years later, it's just so cool. that It's an upgrade to me, yoga leggings, because they're cool. The printing <clears throat> quality, they're made in North America. The quality is amazing. And um, just the printing quality, I love the, the quality of what I can do on the computer and then just send it and then it gets made into something, you know, that people use. You know that people, you know, and yoga, which is funny to me because I like yoga. You know. Yeah. So we wow. to...
3: Go ah, ahead. Go ahead. No, you no, go. Ahead. Go.
2: Ahead. go ahead. I like uh, uh, yoga. Is uh, an interesting uh, thing when you get beyond the physical stuff, when you get into the upper, the other stuff, the subconscious and the higher conscious stuff, and then painting is uh, it's sort of a natural for yoga. You know. It makes you a better painter, I think, it, you know, because then you can, you know, you. Just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. It. So the, anyway, the yoga uh, leggings. I do mens too, but I don't really. I've had them, but I didn't really like them. I don't. I wouldn't wear them. I don't think, unless yeah. I went to, a, unless I went to a class maybe. But um, but yeah. So I love the demographic too, and just the people that appreciate art. And Lululemon, you know, they sell theirs for whatever, and then. I'm not trying to do Lululemon. I'm just a person, you know, making making them. But I like them. I've sold some people. There's a store in Dallas carries them. I just like the tech. I like the process. Let's put it down. Yes. Yeah.
3: You know, and so I can do
2: it on the computer and take photos of flowers and drawings and whatever to scan things and then build the file and make make something cool. You yeah.
3: Know? Yeah. So we spent a lot of time talking about art cars, and I know that so um, that. Jesus said that yeah, the first car you painted was a 1996 BMW. Super cool. I remember back then it was like. Remember, you, you were right across the street, right? Oh, yeah. You're oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and that was super cool. And so, talk like, you love them. And so talk about it. And I'm going to get Jesus to put a couple of the um, pictures up, Jimmy. But talk about, t- 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 tell the story about being in COVID that you were telling us yesterday when you drive your art car oh, around. Art car. Okay, so, started in
2: 1996, yes, I was hired by BMW to paint an art car, and that was my first one, and so it was interesting, abstract, Um, and interesting, uh, it is a sub-talk, but after we talked yesterday, I went and looked, and I was looking up all the, and I realized, well, the the BMW art cars, uh, the race cars are different, and there's unofficial BMW cars, which which mine is, and so, I'm going to... uh, I had I looked on Wikipedia and they had unofficial uh, BMW art cars like Frank Stella did an unofficial one. Unofficial means I don't know why why it's unofficial. Maybe because it's, it's not an not a race car. So I'm gonna add mine to that because in the '90s they didn't even have any. They said Keith Haring did one in '88 or whatever, and somebody else did one, in, and then in the '90s there's this gap, and so I wanna I, I'm gonna do it in Wikipedia or maybe you know because it should be in there. Yeah. Cause, I was hired by BMW North America. It wasn't, so it, they brought up the European ones, but it's just different, I guess, so.
1: Can you see but, the image? It's okay. Sorry to interrupt, can you see the huh? image? Yeah. Okay,
2: Okay, so that car is, okay, so that is a 2004 Suzuki Ario with stick shift. And so my friend bought it new, I didn't know him then, but he's had this car forever, and somebody uh, smashed into the driver's side door and so his insurance company uh, totaled it because it, they just, you know, uh, whatever, and it's manual speed. But so we ended up painting that one for Burning Man, and it's been the Burning Man three times, that one, that little car. So that's kind of fun because the uh, recycle aspect is interesting to me, too, because it turned into this other thing, you know, the car. Yeah. Then, then, and then that's the one I drive now. That's my newest one. That I did started in 2020 as you related um, the uh, I was driving i had been driving the Mercedes one and I noticed people take pictures And you know I always and it started to get you would see people behind you at the light you'd be taking a left people fumbling with their cameras they love the Mercedes they love the little car but I didn't you know that was just whatever and then one day I was driving the little one in like February last year and it was just took on a whole new meaning because after the lockdown and all the Two weeks and the toilet paper and whatever and all the fear and, and so everything's closed and so when I drove that one, uh, I just thought, you know what, this is so important because we're bringing art to people and, and I noticed through the neighborhood little kids pointing and the parents and, and and I thought this is bringing people happiness. This is art and it's more important now than any time else because we're you know whatever dystopia and the drabness or whatever was going on. The galleries were closed. The, um, you know, whatever. Museums were off clothes and so it was, it was a form of bringing art out, and you're just driving around, and people are, you know, it's right there in their face, you know? And it's not a wrap. It's not a commercial. It's not a, you know, you see people at the light sometimes. They'll look over, and there'll be a guy in a Tesla or whatever, and they're kind of looking, they're kind of on eye level because they're a little lower than me because uh, that's a four-by-four, four, a four-wheel drive, a uh, Chevy Blazer, a uh, 91, so it's a little higher, and they'll be looking at it, and they're just, I can just see, they're kind of confused, and then they look, keep looking, because it, it doesn't say anything, you know what I mean, it doesn't say anything, it's art, it doesn't say, uh, you know, Coca-Cola, or, or Frank's Diner, or whatever, you know, or yeah. Grubhub, or, it's, it's its just art, you know, or it, it says me, I mean, it has my name on it, because I did it, but that's just small, you know, so I think it brings people happiness, I really do.
3: Yeah, so t- talk about the um, the gal, the neighbor that painted her car after, like, after yours.
2: Okay, and then part of the thing is, is is things have changed, we know, in the past two years. And so part of the, the cool thing is, is that so many people like it. And the one up in Hollywood, the ones up at the Hollywood, the, the Suzuki and the Mercedes are stashed up there. Because my friend drives the one every day, the other one, and I go up there and visit sometimes. But um, so, so many people see it. And so many people see this. And so it was just a matter of time I knew before it starts influencing people. And one day, I don't have a picture of this, but I, I may have it on video. I don't know. It may be on my other phone. But I was just driving down here on um, Victory Boulevard or something during the day. And three black, like, I don't know, like, Hondas or uh, Toyotas cars were driving sort of in tandem. And they all had white uh zigzaggy things that they had applied to the car but it was some sort of it was it was some group but it was very similar to the mercedes because the mercedes is black and it has white all these white graphics and stuff all over it so i know that i know somewhere along the line they saw or some they saw a picture of it they drove by them you know and maybe they didn't you know but anyway so then cut to uh then a few months six months ago i noticed this bright colored car out here i thought Mm -hmm that's So, or i have seen it driving around. I kept trying to find it. I was like, "Oh my God, that car!" Because it was bright colors, and it looks kind of like mine. I thought, "There's no way that person saw my had to have seen my car," because it's using the same colors and it's bright. And it's a, uh, but as you get closer, it's not the same. She's get put stickers all over it. So anyway, it ended up across the street, and uh, so I put a note on it. And nobody got back to me. I'm like, whatever, because I said, "Hey, you should call me. I love your car." know I did the other one anyway so I finally I saw her one night I said pulled out and said hey you know she said yeah she saw my car and that she was definitely influenced by it and blah blah and so she just decided to paint it I don't know why but uh, it's cool so now I'm gonna paint on hers but so she drives it she's a probably early 20s she's in cinematography school Uh, so she's I guess creative or something, but it influenced her enough to make her paint, paint her car, put flowers and, you know, it's not like mine because my, I'm using oil-based paints. Mine looks better too, it just shines, but it is like mine, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's so she's, she's got the eye with the uh, drops coming out and the drops and the eyes and whatever, but it's cool. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. So yeah. I, I've got the paint and sometimes they're out here together. It's funny. I don't. Oh yeah, her name is Chancy. I was gonna say I didn't remember her name, but anyway, I don't know if she lives here, but she's here sometime across the street. But uh, so I'm gonna told her. I said, well, I wanted to ask your permission. Can I, when I see your car, can I come draw something on it? She said, yeah. So you know, she just didn't want me to use black, but I'll probably use black. No, <laughs>
1: no,
2: she just. So she's got large areas of color, so I'm just gonna do some quick little thing. It'll, it'll definitely improve it. It'll make it cool. I mean, her, her brush stroke's fine, but it's just different. I do it all the time, you know? So. Yeah.
3: So, um, okay, the other day, we were also talking about, you were saying that everybody can be an artist, and that a lot of people don't think that they can be an artist, but everybody can be an artist. So talk Well, to- everybody is an
2: artist, really. I think we're art. We're art. This is art. I know that sounds deep, but, you know, uh, talking is art, so, but, uh, uh, everyone's an artist yeah because everybody's artists so everybody can do it anybody can do anything people say oh I don't know how to draw you do know how to draw you know I mean some, you know just it doesn't the concept of good or bad or whatever to throw that it's not a competition just draw whatever you know every people can draw or people say oh I never know I don't know how to draw and then they'll draw something like that. that's good you know whatever it is cartoon it doesn't matter you know or doodle you know right everybody can draw
3: yeah totally what about what about when you go through times do you, when you get an artist, what it, what it, what happens when you get an artist block and what do you do?
2: Artist block, um, an artist block. Um, you know, it, it happens and I think it has to do with uh, uh, flow and continuity and um, that's why I'm, I try to keep, like this is technically a background or so even if I don't know what I'm gonna paint, I'll just try to at least do backgrounds and just paint you know something and then, then it'll change but just something because if you wait you know if you're just sitting around waiting for this ding you know or something it happens but it's better to because then if you, you're you looking for it or I don't know it's just to, it's just getting lost in it I think getting, so, getting lost in it.
3: I remember you telling me that painting that I have that like you would Continue to add to it, add to it, add to it over a long period of time. You do that, yeah. a time, right?
2: Sometimes like, I do it a lot. Like yeah, but that one has has totally different stuff underneath it. It was in Miami at one point. Yeah. But then smeared stuff, and then I finished it here.
3: So, so do you have a hard time finishing? Like, may, like when you're done with a painting, do you know you're done with it or you always want to keep, continue to mess with uh, it? No, that's
2: a problem too. Cause you're, there is such a thing as overworking stuff and you don't really have an editing system. And so you're sitting around and you got just, you're you, I think simplicity is better. So that's what I'm working on is not spend too much, like try to be more minimalist yet powerful. You know, but it doesn't have to be filled everything up. You know, everything's filled up. That one behind you is meant to have, be about energy and frenzy and just whatever and mechanics and uh, industrial, sort of weird mechanical uh, machine or something. Yeah.
3: Right.
2: That's, <laughs> huh? That's what we get. <laughs> something going on. Yeah.
3: It's so, got a lot of energy.
2: Yeah. Just, it almost has sound effects.
3: Yeah, exactly. So talk about, okay, tell us about Burning Man and that experience, because you did that for several several years, right?
2: Yeah, uh, Burning Man, I resisted for a long time because I was like, I don't need to go to Burning Man because people are really into it here, more so than say in other places, there's a large, uh, there's a burner community here, let's put it that way, there's people that go, or wanna go. And so that was the first year I went and I brought that electric bike and so I kind of turned that into a little vehicle and at one point, I was towing this weird sculpture, but it only lasted like, uh, it was just too dangerous to it would fall and stuff. So I, but, so that I did, my first year, that was sort of like a mute vehicle, but it was just a little electric one. You know, and you get to pretend like you're a pirate or something, you know. Oh, and then on the back of that one, there's like a, a not a fishing pole, but like a tent. Uh, there's flexible tent things, you know, and sometimes people put flags. But I had like these balls, and so I, I know this sounds really weird, but it, it, so I made like a cat toy, a human cat toy, and I'd go around and I get I I'd tell people, hey, can you play with these? Uh, can you pretend like you're a cat and you're playing with these? And they would do it, and everybody thought it was so funny. It was just I know it sounds nutty and crazy, but that's just part of Burning Man. I mean, it's just nonsensical kind of stuff, you know. But Burning Man is cool. Burning Man's real interesting. Um, you know all the art cars and the big mutant vehicles and all the lights and all the and you're out in the desert and just all this energy. It's really cool. But I've been at five years in a row. I don't plan to go back uh, because I just, you know, I, I it's just I think it's it's good for people to go. But I'm just more. I mean, I'd rather go somewhere else in the future.
3: Yeah, so there's probably people on this call that don't know what Burning Man is. So just go back and kind of explain to explain where it is and, you know, when it so started. Burning
2: Man, uh, they call it the Burning Man Project now. It's called the Burning Man Project. So that's a big word now because other people are starting to. So it's, a, it's an org. It's a nonprofit. It became one like five years ago, six years ago. It's a nonprofit. And, um, you know, it started small in like 89 or 90 in San Francisco and then they burned this effigy on the beach in san francisco uh maybe 100 people or whatever and then they they tried to have it the next year and then the city told them they couldn't burn uh you know 10 foot tall things or whatever it is effigies whatever on the beach so then they moved it uh whoever the people were they moved it out from san francisco out to uh black rock desert which is is a very, very remote area. It's, Reno to me is in a remote area. I'd never been to Reno, but Reno is the biggest city, but it's like two hours from Reno, two or three hours, but it's way out, and on Bureau uh, land, out in the middle of nowhere, like the darkest, uh, the sky watching's amazing. So anyway, that's where they have it. and It's just this sort of, uh, it has roots, a lot of people don't really, so part of the roots is in like in Dada, Dada, the art movement, or, or surrealism. Um, because it's very nonsensical and doesn't make any sense. There's people with bathing suits and parasols and all these weird cars. And it's a real surreal, uh, you know, any photos just like that photo of me, looks really cool because you've got this large flat expanse and then the light's really good. And so it's just like a interesting concept. And 70,000 people, it's grown too.
3: Yeah. Wow. And do most people stay?
2: Okay. Um, you know, I've stayed too long before. I think I stayed eight days once or seven. It was so hot, but you know, they some people go uh, Sunday to, to Monday. You know, the whole seven eight days, and um, it's fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, it kind of resets your uh, circadian rhythm a little bit because you're out there, out. You know, you're away from society. They call this the default world. We're in the default world, and that's sort of a utopian fantasy or something. You know yeah what else uh sculptures and art installations and they're an org now so they give grants you know it's a huge money big money thing yeah i think they kind of like, yeah you know, so people come from all over the world it's real interesting it becomes this sort of obsession and then everybody has to go and then you know uh <clears throat> you know it's it's just an odd you know everybody converges on this one point and it's all gridded out and I don't know if you've seen pictures, satellite pictures. It's just real cool. It's just different. And then all the, you know, it's just a different thing. And and you're surrounded by art constantly and people dress up weird and they uh, paint and there's just these weird installations, some of them on wheels, some of them uh, structures that people climb and they bring it all out there in the desert and they install it. And then it's also a leave no trace. And then then when they leave, it's, it's like nothing was ever there.
3: Yeah, wow, that's super cool.
2: So, I mean, we actually pick up stuff. Humans leave a lot of stuff. You don't realize it, but humans just, anything we bring, wrapping, you know, so you just pick, try to pick up everything. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Leave well, no trace. Yeah.
3: yeah. I was going to ask you, um, we also oh. talked about how to, I mean, this is Culture Club. So how does how does, how, how would you say culture influences your art in whatever form culture. of art it is? Culture? Yeah. I don't
2: Um, uh, what culture? Like, well, just culture, culture, anything?
3: Whatever you, whatever comes to your mind.
2: Well, I think everything, I think everything influences my art. Um, And so there's the burner culture, but then that's an offshoot of all this other sort of neo-hippie kind of primitivism, future primitivism, sort of primitive, but it's not because it's very high tech. Um, But uh, I like all cultures. I think it's cool. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. You know, that's a big painting. I have it rolled up. Uh, that is actually I did this drawing of a friend, and so I made her have two heads. That, that's two people. That's two people, but they have two two heads each. It's kind of weird, but I was just trying to create odd stuff. Yeah. So that's culture, cool. yeah. And then that's cartoony culture, sort of. You know, cat culture. Um, and about,
3: uh jimmy talk about cat culture
2: and that's aluminum that i only did one aluminum one of that six inches because i was going to start doing them in aluminum because uh i didn't want to can you see this i didn't yep. want to this is steel and so all the other ones were steel and some of them were like six foot tall or whatever and i had to manufacture back in the day but one of them fell on my foot one time and i was like it hurt really bad, and so I was like, God, i take one of these to fall, ever, and hurt someone, because they're heavy. You know, the even the little one. And so then I said, well, I'm gonna make them in aluminum now, because that way it's lightweight, it's not gonna hurt anyone, so,
3: <laughs> you know. Yeah, did you sell a lot of those?
2: No, I only did one aluminum one. I oh. sold it, but the yeah. rest, I sold, maybe, I did a thousand, probably, not of this one, but the other cat, but yeah, I mean, so this is the only ones I up so, yeah. Uh, culture, so yeah, the steel, the aluminum is. is I like aluminum.
3: Yeah. Okay, so um, my next question is, you you wrote how many children's books did you write, and when was I, that?
2: I wrote okay in 2012. I was just sitting here doing nothing, you know. Like, you know, I was doing isolation before COVID, you know. So it's crazy, you know. So I was just sitting out here. and People had always said, oh, you should do a children's book. I said, oh, yeah, I'd always wanted to do one. So I thought, you know what? I've got it. I'm just going to start one. Just start doing it. You know, just do something. So I researched it a little bit. And first I was going to call it Lars from Mars and just create this character. But somebody else is using Lars from Mars. So then I, for some reason, I just, I don't know. There's no editing system. So I just thought of something and just did it and then created those characters, like to be uh, environmental uh, consciousness about space junk, space pollution. Because nobody had—I uh, hadn't seen one before, and so—and now I think there's a lot of different people doing children's stories about space junk. I think I don't know. Last time I checked, but mine are kind of like different. They're very, uh, you know, a lot of research went into it. It took like three three months to write the first one, and then the second one I did it in two weeks because it's only 24 pages, and then the other one is sort of like a kind of compilation. It might be a hundred and something pages. The last one, but the first one uh, is like hundred pages I don't know how many pages it is but it's just real deep and it's different it's just I wrote it I actually hand wrote it like uh, you know I didn't use a font I I did it in ink and then I scanned the uh, I scanned the, the drawings the ink so it was done old-fashioned I actually wrote it yeah wow you know, like somebody would have done a million years ago with ink I, I just so anyway and it had a few little I'm sure there were some typos and bad english I, I corrected some of it but i mean i just kind of did it as a vehicle or just to do something and you know but it got promoted a little i think i sold 100 one time but then i haven't really promoted it or anything i, I think it's a great concept though
3: yeah it is super cool all right so what else do you want to tell us
2: what else uh, well space junk space junk is uh i think it's a cool cool concept so hopefully um, oh, can you click on those things?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, which one?
2: Oh. oh. That's, okay. So that's the car. Have you shown the car? And that is so fun to drive that car. This one has not been to Burning Man, but we had thought of taking it to a I It got a grant to come to another thing, but then I ended up not... I didn't really want to go uh, because I didn't feel like going, and so... But that one is so much fun to drive. Uh, it's just... Because it just said, it's just, I don't know, fun to drive in LA. And then people
3: don't. huh? I was going to say, hey, show, show the um, Mercedes.
1: And that one is this the one? black
3: and white one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So There's, this is the Mercedes. It's 89, uh, 500, whatever. It's like the biggest Mercedes they ever made. And my friend had it, and it's black. And so uh, we just, I painted it. It took me a few months off and on I think it, was, it. This one gets a lot of attention. They've used it in a couple of videos or something. Some people have, but I don't know. Um, but this one definitely uh, gets attention anyway because it's a Mercedes. So, but it's just people like it and they always smile and stuff. I think he let some kids draw on it with uh, water-based paint. So it'll, some of it will wash off, but the white won't and the green won't. Yeah. One.
3: yeah. And then you know what, Jimmy? Go back. I want you to tell the story about okay. So in 1996, BMW commissioned you, paid you a good amount of money back in the 90s to paint that car. Ben, um, uh, Volkswagen. Um, Volkswagen. Yeah. Then Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Yeah. The one that you turned down, and talk about talk about that and why you did that. Because I think that's a really good story.
2: Which one?
3: The one where you turned down the Volkswagen Volkswagen it down no no
2: it
3: was the mini
2: i, oh, I just yeah. that's what i meant yeah what that's what i meant the mini well you know they they had asked me they had asked this was when the minis first came, were re re-came out so they weren't remember they they stopped making them at one point in the 70s or something so then when they reintroduced them um bmw owned them right so yeah yeah so um, just through the connection with BMW, and then they they contacted me, but it was different people that contacted me from BMW. It wasn't the other people that I uh, and they just you know wanted to pay me X amount of dollars, but I just you know I, in retrospect I probably should have done it. But I mean I went and checked on some minis, and, and they just I just didn't feel like I should be going backwards, and that's that's where a, like a manager or somebody I didn't feel like you know it's like you get paid twenty thousand dollars to paint one car, and then then they then somebody else wants you to paint one for two thousand, twenty four hundred or something. And, and it was over a Saturday and Sunday, in retrospect, and I had to, would have to fly to Atlanta, and that, in retrospect, I probably should, but I just said, well, then I said, well, okay, or I asked for 9,000 or something, and then I said, well, you know, I, I'll, I'll do it. Because they said they only had 2,000 in the budget or whatever, or whatever it was, it was for some thing, BMW meeting, and they wanted me to paint it there at Cooper, or a Cooper, a Cooper meeting, Mini Cooper in Atlanta, but anyway, so that's not that, I mean, I would have loved to paint one, Right. Yeah, I know. What are you supposed to do? But I, I mean, good. what are you supposed to do? I mean, you're supposed yeah, to go. Yeah, no, I. I want to yeah. do it. I, I want to do it, but it's like I can't. You know, I could. I just moved to LA, and I just was
3: like, you know. I, yeah, no.
2: You know, I. I gotta stand a price. I mean, I gotta chase. You know, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean.
3: Yeah, totally. I, I, when you told me the story the first time, I totally respected it because I was like, yeah, you you know, you're you're worth what you're worth, and you don't go backwards.
2: Yeah, because when I did the uh, Volkswagen, I just sort of priced it out to, the, uh, to be like uh, my day rate. I said, oh, my day rate is $3,000 or something, whatever. So they didn't blink. They said, fine. So I was like, cool. You know, because yeah. at one point I was going to charge half that. And I was asking friends, like, what should I charge them? And they said, charge them $10,000. I said, okay. And then, then right at the last minute, because they told me, they said, that was the coolest. I've been treated really well by a lot of people. They just said, write out what you want, what how much you want, and just write out a contract or write out the agreement. So I, I emailed them. This is the beginning of the email. And so they just said, fine, we can find the money. So that was cool, you know, what they paid me. I mean, that was 2001. You know, and then nobody knew about it. You know, I used water-based paints, uh, It was, uh, which is an oxymoron. But there's a company in Georgia that makes water-based automobile paints. And so it goes on real thin. And it looks different, but it was sort of washy. But it was cool. That was a great experience, man, up there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was during media day. I was there up there during media media days, like four days, five days.
3: So, what's Six your re, what's your favorite thing to do? Paint. These days, paint. Is that your favorite thing?
2: You know, painting is so old-fashioned and sounds so limited, limiting. But, you know, I just want to jump, I want to, my favorite thing to do is when I sell, when I, is selling things. I mean, I can't, you have to sell stuff and you make stuff. So my, I want to jump into this new economy, this new, you know, they need a new art. Everybody needs a new artist. You know, my, my time, I I was in Dallas and that's great. But I mean, it's a new day now, man. It's like, you know, it's a different, um, different day and so many other artists. I just want to make my art and have it be out there. And be paid well,
0: there you, know, you
2: go, with a message. Have a message, or just bring you know, it's it's a sub, uh, subconscious level stuff with art. So, you want it to look uh, to give a, a good message. Like, people look at that bright color car, and how can you not be happy looking at that car? Because color is psychological, it's using all these. Shapes and little things that transcultural, trans, transcultural type of stuff. You brought up culture earlier. I like to think of it as, I think it was culture or pan culture, transcultural because it's crossing different cultures. With when anyone looks at it, they see something. So there's some Asian stuff in there, there's some Mayan stuff, there's some whatever. It goes back into our, our DNA somehow. Like an Italian, I'm part of Italian, so you know, they're Italian like art. You know, there's long line of art, you
3: know, with
2: Italians, and so. Yeah, I love that. That's just
3: conveying
2: a message. Yeah. In a subtle, in a subtle fashion. Yeah.
1: Not... No, yeah. this is an amazing conversation, and, and I'm sorry to, uh, interrupt as I'm <laughs> getting it, a call from someone no else. I know. Ahead. I was waiting for that. I love that. Yeah,
2: I mean, see. I just did
1: this one. Here, hold on. <laughs> um,
2: I started wearing my stuff more because when I, I used to never wear my stuff back in the day when I started, I, I think I was self-conscious about it or something. So in my new reinvention in the past several years, I've just been wearing all my own stuff. I'll wear my t-shirt. I'll just, I drive my car because it's just it's an immersion, immersion, immersion tactic. Oh
1: yeah. 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 And uh, I want to start the Q and A and. So, literally there's so many questions I, I want to ask you, but I will start with uh, one that has to do with what Culture Club is. And, and, and I want to ask about culture a little bit. Uh, I see two major culturally relevant subjects that you tend to gravitate just from seeing your work here. One is cars, obviously, and the other one is cats. Uh, cats has always been important in many, many cultures. Are those two things that make you happy and you want to, yeah, like you said, make a lot of people happy, so do you come from a place of the inside and out, and that's how you express art and happiness?
2: Um, what do you, uh, So As far as the cats, I hope I'm explaining this right. You're right, though. Cats are in so many different cultures, and when I had Uh, the gallery or the studio space over there on Ruth, um, I was open all the time. I was just like trying to be there, you know. And and so one night some man walked in smoking a cigar. He looked like, you know, some famous actor, but he he wasn't. But he was just some guy or whatever, older man. And um, he said, you know, Sasso, you smoked a cigar. Do you know that uh, cats? the reason why the Egyptians use cats in their motifs because cats originally came from outer space and so they're aliens and I, you know it's funny but maybe whether it's a myth or not the cats are kind of alien like they're kind of different otherworldly like they'll just stare at something or you know and so my cats I love drawing the happy cats and it's evolved over the years it's this continuing thing and now they don't all look the same but it's it's interesting because um, why was felix the cat so popular he was the first he was before mickey so felix the cat 1919 100 years ago was the first in black ink drawing you know moving moving animation thing and so i took off sort of on that well it's hand drawn hand drawn so my cat is a, it's similar but it's not it's circles anytime you use circles felix's circles it's a circles is very comforting so that's why. That's where the the cats. Yeah. Is that what you wanted me
1: to say? Or the uh, culture of cats? Yeah. No. I I think that's perfect. And, and I I really like how you gravitate around like circles. It's very comforting. It it is true. Like that that is a very appealing shape. Uh, uh, and and in contrast with yeah. Uh. Like rectangles. triangles
2: Mickey, Mickey Mouse is the same way. It's circles. Yeah. And, and 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 Felix the cat circles. And and they're black. Because they were drawn with black ink, that's what they were doing. And, and so for me, I, was, you know, I went to art school briefly, and I like ink, drawing with ink. And so when I made my space jump guy, I made sure to add some circles. Although it's not meant to be commercial, because it's a snake. One of the guys is a snake with kind of the Mickey Mouse hands. And uh, but snakes aren't people. I mean, you know, they're not like cuddly, you know, and stuff. But so I intentionally kind of picked these weird creatures that are not meant to be happy meals or. You know mass produced, uh, made in China or whatever. No, uh, um, circles, but anyway,
1: yeah. So, anyone has any questions, please, please, uh, ask them. Um, I, I think this is an amazing opportunity to get into uh, the head and mind of a uh, great artist here. Uh, we have one question, uh, Kendall, please. I
2: i making some sense. You are, you know, I spent a lot of time. I became a real. I just spent a lot of time reading and thinking stuff and having these conversations. So it's nice to talk to other hey people about them.
1: There's <laughs> no bigger, there's no bigger rambler here than me. Like people know what? me here that like, I ramble. So please, like you're making a lot of sense, uh, Kendall. Please, your question. You're a mute. Yeah. You have to turn your mic on. Got
4: Shit. it. I was wondering what some of your, like, um, earlier uh, and current, like, influences are. If you have any artists that you really like. I mean, I I maybe see some Keith Haring. I was wondering if you were influenced by, like, traditional Panamanian Mola art. Is there anything that sort of has inspired you or influenced you? You mentioned the Panamanian, what is it, Mola? What?
2: Mola. Yeah, uh, definitely I've seen that. And Keith Haring was very influenced by a lot of that Native stuff. Uh, Yeah, I definitely just the movement, it's just yeah, it's interesting. I love folk art and stuff. That's been an influence. Um but American Indian art. And but as far as artists, I just remember uh I saw a picture by Paul Clay, K-L-E-E, you know, Paul Clay, he was a German artist. And um I just remember we were talking about doodling earlier, uh, Ellen and I. But I just remember seeing this drawing of his, it was just some museum art book or something and it was just like Paul clay I just remember looking at it. I was like 20 when you going this guy's in a like a this is this great art I mean I did that yesterday when I was drawing doodles or you know it's just weird like the whole concept so Paul clay and then I love Paul clay his playful and then Miro Miro and then Picasso and uh, everyone really Matisse I love everyone everyone any anyway, I study you know you find somebody Jackson Pollock you anyone can do that you know whatever and then you study Jackson Pollock and you go wow Jackson Pollock's pretty amazing you know I mean it took a lot of courage to do that art and say that's my art you know and he was the highest paid artist in America at one point you know his art was selling for three grand or something you know it's just crazy just the movement people don't understand the movement is what he was doing you know the whole gravity and it's really interesting so I love I love every artist I think everybody any artist you study, anybody, same with yoga instructors, you take 100 different yoga classes with 100 different instructors, they're all going to impart something that's different to you that you're going to capture. And that's the same thing with art. You're going to look, we're like these massive computers. Anything you look at, you know, anything you study, it's all somehow part of a vocabulary or part of a creative vein or something. You know, what were they doing 100 years ago? What were they doing 200 years ago, you know? How do they, why did they do that? Why did they? So here we are. And now we have all this media and stuff. And so it's it's pretty nuts, you know? But yeah, I like everybody. Like, who do you like? Uh,
4: can Kendall. you hear me, Kendall? Uh, yeah, no, oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I go back like, you know, I love everything from, you know, looking at Brock and Picasso, even though it's not really a style that, I would like to emulate, but I love how they were thinking, right? I love, you know, and looking at, also look at traditionalist art, like I, when I was in Mexico years ago, just looking at the, the the Mayan artwork and how that was part of the culture. It was telling the story. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I was really just struck by, you know, th- your style. I actually studied under a, a contemporary artist in New York years ago. It was a very, very similar style to yours. And he was really influenced by Keith Haring and um, a guy named Mark T. Smith and um but i just love that sort of very very kind of wild um expressive expressive style that you got
2: yeah it's just the fluidity and i think when i first discovered um keith herring i first went to new york city like ever i'd never been to new york city in 1979 or something the summer or, or 80 i don't remember but uh, and that was right when those guys you know that was starting and i just remember the whole uh in east village you know everybody's doing t-shirts and, and just artists and um I never met Keith Haring, although somebody invited me to come meet him one time. Because when I went back to New York in like '83, '84, visiting, whatever. But I, I probably should have went and met him. But uh, I, I was wearing a, I was wearing a hand painted. Uh, I still have it. I just, found, I was wearing a hand painted wrist uh, watch uh, band that I painted, and I, and I went to the pop shop, and they were like, "Oh, that's a really cool watch band," and I was like, "Thank you." And I don't. This looks nothing like Keith Haring, honestly. But, and so then, I, but I didn't go back. But uh, the other guy, I did see Basquiat in person before he was famous. We're like this, exactly the same age, and um, but he was kind of extreme-looking person. That's why I remembered him, because he was had a hand-painted T-shirt on, and he had he was wearing mascara, and, and he had and he had like a blonde. Uh, he was just really a scary-looking guy, like Basquiat. He was skinny, and he just he was, who knows. And then looking back, when you study. Oh, that's when he was homeless. That's when he was walking, sleeping, and uh, doing T-shirts and whatever. And he would, he would, he was extreme into, like, provoking people and stuff. You know. I have, so, uh, but,
1: I have one question from Bianca Beltran, uh, one of our art uh, directors here. Uh, she asks, "Would you consider making digital art like NFTs?"
2: You know, it's funny because an NFT. When it first came out a few months ago, when they first with uh, the uh, the uh, Jack Dorsey the Twitter, the Twitter uh, the first tweet, right, yeah. is considered an NFT. Yeah, yeah. So a non non fungible token. So, and that's cool. And so then a week later it was something else, and pe- or the cat, the rainbow, or the cat, the cat video, you know that they did. 20 years ago or whatever, and so it's just weird how that's an NFT, so it's just a new way, you know, fadish and I, I tried, I, I got on, and I was trying to upload, because I have a lot of animated GIFs and different odd stuff that's only digital, It's not, doesn't exist in the real world, and then even my yoga leggings, a lot of them are like completely digital, like this is complete, I do, do I do completely digital stuff, so t- technically the file for this would if it's, wouldn't that be an NFT? It's weird. It's You're gonna a, go it's NFT. Just, I think it's just a way, I did learn that Ethereum, they use Ethereum to uh, to uh, the, uh, buy or, and sell that or whatever, but I still don't get it. I mean, I looked online, and I was like, this just looks like bad art, man. It's just another way to sell that. I mean, you know, seriously, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's okay. just another concept they're using to try to make money. Yeah. Crypto.
1: Uh, I got another question from Maria Rubalcaba. Uh, It's about Burning Man. What was it about Burning Man that attached you to participate? And what was it that made you decide that you were done with it?
2: Well, in 96, like we talked about, I did do that car in 96. And so cut to 2001 when I first moved to L.A., uh, 2004 when I moved to L.A. and then I lived in Venice and so at one point there was this sort of frenzy in the neighborhood what's going on what what, what, what where, It is an august and the, oh they're going to burning man okay the neighbors you know okay cool like that wow they're really into burning man you know, I, I hadn't heard that word in a long time I knew about it but and so people are so into it here and so um, as a it's a natural for me because I had already done cars and they're painted cars but they're still art cars the ones I did mine are already in the, are already in this world so burning man is sort of an alternative reality type situation they try to create that uh but uh so i yeah so what made me go i just because what made did you ask what made me go uh
1: what made you yeah leave it what, what that you're done with it well what...
2: it's an interesting concept uh, it's just so much stress and anyone i know i know people that have been 10 years they're all anyone who go every year i just can't uh, for me i just uh, i mean i just i kept each year like I wasn't going to go and then I got somebody gave me a free ticket, they're like $500 ticket, so I was like, okay, I'll go, <laughs> you know, I don't have to pay for a ticket, you know, but you have to have a ticket, though, nobody, uh, and then uh, I bought tickets some years, and then, um, you know, but uh, it's just another, I mean, the, you know, I don't know, but the, it's it's just stressful, and it's a lot of effort, and I participated, and I had a good time, and it's fun, it's extreme camping, I've met a lot of interesting people and it's very inspiring uh, very inspiring it's an alternative reality it's just amazing um, but it's uh, you know it's just I don't know I mean I'm, I'm not saying oh I'm never going again I mean I just because a lot of people that's all I talk about here I don't know if you've ever met a burner I, I hope I don't sound like a burner but they talk about it a lot I'm only talking about it in relation to the art but people talk about Burning <laughs> and they say you know oh um, they have these community um guidelines and it's a leave no trace event it's really interesting it's an interesting concept uh, and all that energy and all that effort goes there and then it's like you're exhausted people takes weeks for them to recover seriously you get back and you're just like oh my god you're just a bed i gotta sleep in my bed you know it's crazy
1: <laughs> i think we have uh it's time like, for one more question if anyone wants to ask a question i'll, I'll, I'll ask the last question
2: we're over, I hope I sounded, I hope I said some good
1: stuff, man. So, a lot of please. really good stuff, yeah. Uh, okay, I'll ask the question, and, and if anyone else, please uh, raise your hand, uh, and please interrupt me. You talk about how everyone is an artist, but what makes great great art, and is there such a thing as great art? Well, that's a good question,
2: because what is great art? You know, great Great. Uh, we've all seen what they try to promote to us and say, this is great. And, and then it's like, okay, that's great. Well, this is great too. That's great. You know, So me in particular, uh, great. I don't know what is great. Banksy, that's interesting. I mean, it's how do you quantify what great is? You know, somebody could like turn down my art and then I'll go down the street or I'll bring my car out and a hundred people take pictures of it. You know what I mean? So it's just weird, the great, I think has to be, the art has to be evocative sort of, I think it's about, it's two people. It's not just the artist, it's just the viewer is what makes it art. I think Definitely. because it wouldn't, I mean, nobody wants to be the guy in the Hobbit slaving away. And nobody gets to see the art, you know? right and then you're you have to have an audience so i don't really know great is a term thrown around a lot you know that in art i mean i don't know it's hard to what makes great art i don't know i
1: i i, I love that that uh what you said it needs an audience um uh, and, and that relationship i think it's really important and you definitely have that connection like just now in, in the uh past 55 minutes i think a lot of people here really connected with your art and your cats. Uh, I do have one last question. Where can people find you? When can people buy your yoga pants and where can people buy your hats? Because we want your hats.
2: These hats, I only did this a couple for myself. I thought about selling them, but uh, I may have sold a couple, but I just started, they're not really an item. I'm really, you know, I'd have to make a bunch of them and they're hand painted, but as far as, the yoga leggings, I'm doing some screen prints, serographs, uh, they're on my website art2go.com and that's really my only vehicle right now as far as showing, except for the car, you know. And so I'm experimenting with the QR codes but the because but I'll see people behind me now, I'll see people in a light and then and the person will be look, looking and they will show it to the other person and this is that, you know, because it's starting to get around anyway. But you know, uh, that's that's where you can find me. I'm on Instagram too, Sasso Cat. I've never really fully adopted, adapted, or utilized that medium much because it's just more of a younger generation thing. I get it; it's great, but I'm not just going to hustle up likes and try to get people to follow me, you know, whatever. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I was in the newspapers and things like that, and so many more people, you know, saw me there than, you know. More people know about me, but just because I have 800 followers or 700, that doesn't really mean anything. So I know that doesn't mean anything. Because so I'm trying. So as far as I'm now, I'm trying to use and influence, not use them, but work with influencers and try to give them my stuff and let them do it because they're more adapted to. It. Whether they're, you know, these kids or people, they're not kids. They're in their 20s, you know, but they're just they're kids. more into that, you know. And yeah. so as far as selling a lot of, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, uh, I, that's just the saying, youth. Uh, yeah, definitely utilize the youth. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Ellen, uh, do you have any last words, Ellen?
3: I just want to tell Jimmy thank you so much. This was super cool. <laughs> it was so fun. I've been wanting to paint. Uh, you know, initially, I wanted to,
2: uh, when I was in Dallas, I had that huge wall of that studio, and I wanted to do videos, and then I, I still wanted to do live painting, and now everyone's doing it or some sort of, utilizing technology not necessarily here it could be there it could be somewhere else but I do want to do more of this because I know everybody's doing it right yeah. I mean I said yeah. they're giving these lessons and school and whatever so I just don't know how to do it I guess I mean, I mean I know how to log into this but it'd be interesting to do something more you know
1: please do it. but art
2: to go Art. okay you guys are all ad agency people so art to gocom great word I thought, I, I thought it up in like '86 or something, uh, because I, it was sort of in the whole movement. Uh, the guy was talking about Keith Haring, fast art. Keith Haring was considered fast art, you know, fast art, because he would do it like you know quick. And so, then the pop shop and selling things. So it's all about art to go, selling things. You know, it's not fast art. It doesn't mean it's cheap, but it's just art for purveying, for art just for sale to go. So how do you make art to You produce. i want to produce 100 of these, or 200 of these, or 1,000 of these, or how do you produce it? Silk screening, whatever, uh, direct to garment or dye sublimation, whatever, whatever it is, you know. Somehow get the work out there. That was one of the Keith Haring's quotes: was get the work out there. You know his immediacy. That's why he started uh, drawing the, uh, in the subways because uh, there was no barrier between him and the public. He was just going, to, and then pretty soon all the subway riders they start. Noticing his stuff and who's doing the little round-headed guys and squiggly stuff, you know It's kind of fascinating really and then he started doing buttons and then they started and so it was a community It was a bridge It acted as a bridge art through people. That's another thing. I think art is a bridge And I got this somewhere something about uh, something else, but the bridge, you know, I consider It's a it's a bridge. And it's inviting uh, somebody to cross that bridge and it's a connection you know the viewer and the artist or whatever the art they'll take the artist out of it you just have the art the viewer the artist is in it there's, there's still a bridge between them i met somebody recently up in the uh, winter of the hot springs and we met through my art before we even met because she had seen one of the cars and taken pictures of it and then i was another one and so i wasn't there but she met through me through my art so art is a connection it's a, it's a
1: bridge i love that Right? Uh, yes, perfect. Perfect way to end this, and clearly we can go on for a lot. There will definitely be a part two of this. Uh, James already <laughs> wanted to do a part now two, so we, down, we will uh, have a I part two.
3: Thank you. You were great. Thank you
1: so much, guys. Uh, join us next time, really uh, next month. Uh, it's still open to anyone who wants to do a culture club. Uh, and please talk to me and and or Gail if you're interested in doing a, a culture club next month. So thank you, thank you so much, you guys. Culture
2: club, yeah. culture club, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope somehow that there was something there, you know. It was great.
0: As you can see, James is such a endless well of stories, knowledge, and just very entertaining insights into his art and history. So, yes, there will probably definitely be a part two. But as of now, as we said it before, please reach out on our social media. That is at integer underscore culture underscore club on Instagram. And go to uh, Jimmy's website. And that is art2go.com, art2go.com to get his uh, leggings and some of his amazing art with that thank you and until next time